listeners, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome back to another episode of In a Dark Dark Room. I'm your host Abby and in this podcast I cover all things creep. So if you like spooky things and you like being scared then you're in the right place because you'll be fair. Welcome to another Dinky Dark. This is a shorter, I'm actually not even going to explain. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. You know what Dinky Dark is. All right, so I'm going to waste no time and I'm just going to get right into the story. So this story, this week's story is called, There is a creature who has been stalking me for years. This is how I remember it starting. I was 11 and my dad had just taken me to the stable again to ride. At the time, we lived up in New England, near a wooded area that ran along the Canadian border. The stable was even farther north, still in America, but desolate enough that the road to get there was long, winding and unlit. A motorcyclist's dream. The stable itself was old, but the people were dad's friends and they let me ride their horse, Sugar, for free every day. They said it was good for her, And I loved Sugar. She was a sweet 17 hand high white mare. And she was old, making her slow to startle, meaning I was safe or at least safer than I would have been on any other horse there. Dad would often leave me alone with Sugar, letting me explore the area from on top of her back. He wouldn't go too far though, and would sit chatting with the owners at a picnic table back at the barn. I'd always stay by the tree line, saying it was so Dad could see me when it was really so I could see him. But that day, that day I was feeling a little more adventurous and hoped he wouldn't mind if Sugar and I wandered off a little. Sugar's ears pricked forward. This was all new to her. I think in a way she knew I was young and that she had to protect me. And it seemed like she was trying to resist my desire to explore. But, weaving through the trees, unable to see the stable, was exhilarating. And I urged her forward, towards the stream that I could hear trickling nearby. Above us, the birds sang and the wind whistled. This continued that way for a good few minutes, until I was deep in the thick of the trees. And then suddenly, like someone had muted the background noise, There was nothing. I heard nothing. No birds, no stream, no wind. Sugar snorted and stopped, looking around. I felt it too. The fear. And though I didn't understand it at the time, I felt like I was being watched. And it felt threatening. And I was scared. I pulled on the reins, trying to get Sugar to turn back towards the stable, but she wouldn't budge. She snorted again, stamping down, nervous. I looked between her erect ears at the place that she was staring at. All I saw were trees, but then, peering out from behind one of the thicker trunks, I saw it. The creature. Now I'm no artist, so I'll try describing it the best that I can. It was ghostly, white and long. At least it looked long. And I say long because it was crouched near the tree and its legs and arms were bent backwards like an animal. I'm sure if it had stood up, it would have been tall. 
maybe eight feet, but it didn't have feet. Instead, its legs ended in weird stubs covered with many, many short feelers that undulated slowly at different speeds. Its hands were also bent backwards, and rather than fingers, it had long, creeping tendrils that wrapped up around its arms like vines. It squatted on its wrists, gorilla-like, and watched me from a face that was vaguely humanoid but smaller, like it suffered from something. It was bald and had beady black eyes, two holes for a nose, and then a minuscule mouth that pointed slightly downwards like it was frowning with the effort of concentration. It made no move and just sat there, as still as a statue, watching us. Finally, Sugar turned around and bolted back towards the stable. Behind me I heard a weird clicking noise, but nothing else. No sounds of chase. Every day after that, I would see it peeking out from behind the trees, like it was observing what I was doing. I wondered if anyone else had saw it. The horses certainly did, and made sure to stay away from the areas it had been. I never told anyone though, not even my dad. I was afraid that he would look at me with worry and start talking to me with a hushed voice like I was crazy or something. So we kept going to the stable. Until two years later, he asked me if I wanted to start working there during the summer. Of course I agreed, and soon he was dropping me off, dawn till dusk, and I would spend my day hauling hay, cleaning stalls and riding sugar around the grounds, checking up on the fences and such. I figured the creature had never harmed me, only observed me, so I wasn't going to let it stop me or scare me away. Every few days, I would ride sugar through the woods to a well-fenced pasture. Dad told me not to, but I did anyway. He didn't need to know. It was about 20 minutes away from the stable, along a thin dirt path. It was nice enough during the daytime, but at night, it was lit only by the light of the moon and the stars. And when the moon was new, it was dead black and dangerous. I tried to only go during the day, when I could see, but sometimes I didn't make it in time and we ended up winding our way through the trees as the sun set, and I'd have to explain to Dad why I was so out there. This particular time, I'd been reading in the pasture for a while, and the sun was starting to fall behind the trees, casting long, eerie shadows. Beside me unsaddled, Sugar grazed on the tall grasses and the flowers that grew there. I was just getting ready to head back, when I saw it, leering out at me from under the shadows, the creature. It was close this time, closer than it had ever come before, and as I watched, it stood up and slowly, slowly made its way over to the fence surrounding us. Sugar stopped, perked up, looking at it from one of her long, lashed eyes, and whinnied as the thing continued to walk towards us, making for the metal gate I'd hazily closed by hanging the chain loosely over it. I quickly mounted Sugar bareback before she bolted and watched as the creature reached forward, took hold of the chain with one of the tendrils attached to its arm and began pulling it in jerky motions until it fell out. The creature took a few shaky steps forward before falling on all fours and charging at us with a jerky, unpredictable motion. I felt my throat seize up, unable to yell out. 
Sugar whinnied and reared slightly, before leaping forward and over the fence like she was a goddamn show horse or something. She charged through the trees expertly, dodging them, hopping their roots. Every so often, I ducked low under a branch, and I could hear it crashing behind us, trying to keep up. I glanced back and saw it right behind us, reaching forward. Its face was expressionless, but I could tell that it was looking right at me. One of the tendrils on its arms touched Sugar's flank and she screamed, bolting forward even faster. The creature suddenly stopped, falling back behind the trees. We crashed into the clearing the stable was in and I immediately saw the headlights from Dad's car parked next to the house. Sugar galloped towards them and slid to a stop, scaring the crap out my dad and the man who owned the place. I told them there was something in the woods, something chasing us, and their faces fell. They each grabbed a shotgun and checked the perimeter while the owner's wife and I looked after Sugar, trying to calm her down. There was a blackish blood running down her side from the place that the creature had touched her. I knew what had hurt her and what had happened. But I told Dad and everyone else that it had to be from a branch or something. I'm not so sure they believed me, though. The wound was strange. Leaf-shaped, with dozens and dozens of tiny circular puncture marks similar to those a lamprey might make. We treated the wound and put Sugar in a clean, safe stable, locking the doors behind us. She looked okay, and we thought that she was okay. But she died not long after. They said she died peacefully in her sleep, but sometimes I wonder. Dad never let me ride at that stable again, but it didn't matter. It didn't stop. I still saw the creature almost every week after that, and it always seemed to creep up from the edge of the forest in weird, jerky movements, like it was hiding, like it didn't want me to see it. And each night that I saw it, it crept a little closer from the trees and closer to my window. It always looked like it was staring at me directly, always at me. It went from being a major threat to a minor annoyance, and I started to ignore it, pretending it simply didn't exist. Five years later, I moved all the way across the country to the Pacific Northwest for school. It was a nice place, sure, but it was expensive and I missed the horses. And the city was big, though not big enough for me to hide from the trees. But for the first few months I was there, I saw nothing. And so, slowly, meek, another thought crept out. It was stupid, but it stayed, lingering in my mind, unspoken, that maybe that creature wouldn't be able to follow me out there, and maybe I had finally escaped its torment. Ha, I wish. It started when I moved out of the dorms and into my own apartment. It started at night. I was alone. I began hearing this soft clicking noise. It almost sounded like someone tapping on the glass of my window or my coffee table with their nail. I usually ignored it, thinking it was some weird quirk of the place finally making an appearance now that the weather had changed and the furnace was on. And then one night in the middle of summer, I heard it, louder, insistent, someone tapping on the door that led to my balcony. I stood up, annoyed, before growing afraid. What if it was some creep, or worse, 
I made my way over, not even realising that I was tiptoeing. I opened the curtain, and there it was, staring at me with its beady black eyes. I covered my mouth trying to squeeze back a scream, but it didn't work, and the sound of it echoed long and loud around my room. The creature turned its head. It had never seen me scream before, and the tiny slit that it was his mouth quivered for a moment, as if it were about to smile. Hey, you okay in there? It was probably one of my neighbours drawn over by my scream. The creature looked over to the door, then back at me. Another knock sounded out and the creature turned and leapt off the side of my balcony. I ran over, unlocked the balcony door and glanced out. The creature was ridiculously tall, but as it walked away, I saw that its legs were slowly descending like it was rubber, like it had no bones. And I then realised that it had somehow extended its limbs and that's how it reached my balcony. And that's maybe how it had been following me everywhere. Distance wasn't a problem when every step covered miles. Another knock sounded out, jarring me from my speculations, and I walked over to the front door and yelled through it, telling my neighbour that I was just watching a scary movie, that there was nothing wrong and that I was sorry I woke him. No problem. If you need anything, don't hesitate, he said. The same month, not even a week after the incident, I flew back home. My dad was dying. I took the last flight out that day, hoping to get there before he was gone for good, and I never made it. I arrived at the hospital right as he was taking his last breath. I sat distraught in the lobby, too afraid to look at him and in shock, until an old lady and man offered to take me somewhere. I looked up and recognised them, the owners of the stable, and not knowing what else to do, I nodded and we left. We ended up in one of those late night breakfast places and I ordered some pancakes and black coffee, but ended up only drinking the coffee. After a few moments of silence, I finally spoke up, but not about my dad. It was too soon and I wasn't thinking right. Instead, I asked a question that had been on my mind for years. (sighs) Do you know about the, um, the creature on your property? The what? The man hissed while beside him his wife pressed her lips together and set down her fork. I met his gaze, unsure if he thought I was crazy or if he saw them too, but tired of keeping it a secret, I pressed on. Way back when I was still riding at your stable, there was this thing. It was long and white and humanoid, and it started following me. That night years ago, when Sugar was hurt, that creature, it it must have wounded her. He looked at me, the concern growing on his face. Finally, he said, You're not, uh, you're not still seeing it, are you? I met his gaze, wondering what to say, and ended up with, No, 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 I'm I'm not, I'm not still seeing it. I was just, well, I just wanted to know that I wasn't crazy or something, you know? He didn't reply immediately, but he sat looking at me, like he was sizing me up. It's just, well, your dad said before he died. He looked away, picking up his coffee nervously. What? He looked back at me. He said he wanted you to know that you're not the only one who has seen... well? He cleared his throat and paused for a beat, then said, Ah, you must be tired. And I knew he was done talking. And I was so tired that I didn't press him. 
I never did speak to them or see them ever again. I wondered what happened to them and where they are now. That night, unable to stay at my empty childhood home, I stayed at a hotel, but I couldn't sleep, not a wink. So I got into my rental, equipped with a lantern and a bat, and made my way to the stable, not knowing why, only knowing what I had to do. The stable was derelict, abandoned now, and I knew I shouldn't be there, and I knew it was stupid, I know that. I parked next to the old house that the owners had left years ago and hopped out with a light in the bat, ready. At first I was only going to stay around the stable, see what I could see, but my curiosity got the better of me and I began creeping my way through the darkened woods towards the pasture. Every noise, the wind, the trees, my own breathing, it put me on edge, but I made it there without incident. The pasture was old now and the fence was broken. I found myself tearing up at the memories I had in this place. Memories of sugar, of dat. I turned, my heart racing. I heard the clicking noise again and again and again. It almost sounded like an applause or maybe even laughter. And as I turned around in a large arc, shining the light through the trees, I saw them. Hundreds of them staring out at me through the gaps between the trees, faces, white, small, bald and horrific. Some were slightly smiling and others were frowning. Some were the same size as the creature I knew, others were smaller. And the rest were enormous, and even in their crouched positions, their heads almost touched the top of the trees, and they were all watching me, observing me. I felt myself starting to hyperventilate and I knew that I had to get out there. So I ran and I ran and I ran, hearing them crunching along behind me, beside me, keeping up with me. How I made it to my car without being harmed, I do not know. But as I pulled out, my hand touched a pack of emergency matches I kept in the centre console and for one wild moment I thought of burning them all in the forest that they lived in. Then I thought better and sped away. As I turned onto the main road, my headlights hit the tree line and I saw their beady black eyes glinting from the shadows between the trees. After that, I moved to Colorado, to Golden to be exact. I just bought my own horses and wanted a place near the outer edges of the city, where the houses run few and far between, where there's enough space to ride. I hadn't seen the creature for a whole year, so I thought I'd finally, finally escaped it. Maybe it needed to be by large bodies of water to survive, or maybe it had simply given up, or maybe, hopefully, it had died, got run over twice, or shot by shotgun shells, or burnt by a fire. Ha, I wish. A few weeks ago, it started again, that weird clicking noise, and I sighed, knowing what would come soon after. On nights where the moon was full, I would see the shadow of it through the blinds, just standing there, tap, tap, tapping on my window. It went on like this for days, and I was quickly losing sleep and my sanity. Yesterday, after yet another sleepless night, I decided to make the drive up to Boulder. I just needed to get away. I went to a local pub, met some cool, helpful people, 
walked around the street for a bit, and as the sun started to fall, I said my goodbyes to the place and the people before making my way back to Golden, my home. The drive from Boulder to Golden is decently long, but it is beautiful. For the first time in a long time, I was at peace. Maybe, just maybe, this would all end soon, and I'd be free to live my life as I saw fit, rather than hiding in fear. All these years, I still didn't know what the creature wanted, why it was following me, how it could follow me. And as the sun slipped behind all those rows of rocky mountains, I sighed, thinking about finally losing it for good. Then, I noticed something, something shadowed and long and fast, sprinting next to my car. I took a deep breath and looked over, and there it was, running alongside my car like it was nothing. I was going almost 70 at this point, but it was somehow able to keep stride. It tapped the window with one of its vine-like tendrils like it was taunting me. It opened its tiny mouth, revealing a gaping hole with a triple-split tongue. It didn't have any teeth, and out of its mouth poured some black, weird goo. It smeared across the driver's side window, looking almost red in the moonlight. And then it spoke. It spoke like it was mocking me, my brief happiness. I've never heard it speak before, and even through the closed window, even at that speed, I heard it loud and clear. It was horrific. Ha! Found you! Found you! Found you! It suddenly jerked to a halt, and I sped away, watching it grow smaller and smaller in the rearview mirror, until it blended back into the shadows. Oh my god, that was spooky. Okay, well that's this week's Stinky Dark done. <sighs> I I love visuals. I love stories that have a lot of visuals. And I always go for stories that take place in woods. I don't know if that's an accident or not, but I'm always really drawn to stories that take place in like really woody, foresty, dark things and, you know, things that go bump into woods. But that's this week's Stinky Dark. So I will see you on Wednesday for my third installment of Freaky February. If you're enjoying it, let me know. I love hearing from you guys. But that is everything. So until then, stay safe, enjoy the spooks, and I will see you soon. Bye.